Chances are it's been a while, maybe years since you were last in a taxi. And I'm talking about an actual taxi, with a meter and maybe some weird advertisements on the roof, and a driver who considers himself a cab driver, instead of someone who does Lyft or Uber. There can be a lot of reasons why many people choose Ubers over taxis. Here's what some people told me at the New Orleans airport. I met them as they were waiting in the designated rideshare pickup zone. The last time I took a, a cab was probably in 2009, 2010. I want to say I took a cab in Orlando. How was it? And that was just in February. It was good. Uh, only thing I don't like with cabs is that they start to meet off too high. And then, you know, the ride just be jumping, like, before you can blink your eye. And then, you know, Uber is one set price unless you decide you want to go somewhere else. And, you know, you're not surprised at the price when you're about to stop. Can I ask you, are you waiting for an Uber today, right now? I'm waiting for Lyft. We was going to opt out and take a taxi, but they probably be more, more than what the Lyfts are. Where are you ladies from? Philadelphia. Arlington, Virginia. Do you recall the last time you guys were in a taxi? Uh, probably 2018 or 2019. It's been a few years. How about you? I would say maybe before that, like for work travel, something like that, like 2016, 17. Why do you choose a ride share? I guess it's just like having it on your phone seems more convenient, even though maybe it isn't really, because now we're all waiting this big clump together and it's kind of chaotic. So, um, for I, so I'm here for work, and it's. To Caitlin's point, easier to have it on my phone because I can then submit the receipt directly to my like my work app for reimbursement. And taxis always had the either required cash or or gave a paper receipt. This was pre Uber and Lyft, but like just the paper receipts or like the scanning of the card or like it just was all very like just wasn't as easy. But again, that they may have changed that now because they probably have some more modern systems that. We haven't even tried, so. You, you never knew what the cost was going to be yeah. until it was done. There were always overage charges, yeah. and at least on the, the ride sh- on the ride-sharing apps, you know immediately whether your yeah. trip is going to be expensive or not, and if it is going to be expensive, why, and then you can make a choice. Yeah. And where we live in Charleston, South Carolina, we don't ever call a cab. It's always a Uber or a Lyft. At this point, I mean, we so. did take taxis back in the day. Do you feel like you're dating yourself if, if you actually go back and hop into a taxi cab? <laughs> a but, little bit. Yeah. So when's the last time you guys actually took a, a cab? New York City. When, when was that? Uh, October 2022. Well, I was staying in New York. I was like, it's kind of cool to take a taxi. I was like, they're a very aggressive driver. I kind of like that. It was really fun. So I was like, I, yeah, I was like, I liked it. But I mean, I, I don't have like loyalty either way when it comes down to it. I guess it really just comes down to convenience. And just be able to do stuff on my phone. I think part of it is it's just Ubers are the status quo now, and so we don't even think about taxis as much because they have permeated the culture so much that it's just like, well, that's just what we do now without even like thinking about it, you know? This is the Tan Report. I'm your host, Tan Trung. And this week on the podcast, it's Taxi versus Uber. Or you could say David versus Goliath. In the role of David will be United Cab, a taxi cab company in New Orleans with 85 years of history in the city. It started back in 1938. Uh, that's the history. Is like a five owners got together. They took a loan for $250 back in the days. This is how they started the company, United Cab Company. It started with Cooperative, and then <laughs> the child company, United Cabs, was born out of it. That's Jamie Cuthbert and Kurtan Parmar. 
but most folks call him Ron. Ron, yeah, that's everybody been calling. Actually, nickname was Arana. From Rana, they give me name Ron. Bunch of them called me Ronnie, so I said whatever is easy for them, you know. From one fellow immigrant to another, I know where Ron is coming from when it comes to his name. People used to call my father Tom because they couldn't pronounce his Vietnamese name. By the way, Ron came to the U.S. from India. For almost 30 years now, he's been with United Cab. Ron is currently its general manager. He started in 1995 as a cab driver. He reminisces about that time. Back in the day when you don't know the new technology, that was the best deal we had. Dispatcher, driver's relationship with the customers. But I remember the old drivers, when I started it, when they gave us a call, I don't know, hey, can you help me where to go? He said, okay, go make a right hand, left hand. There's a yellow color house right there. That's the person you're picking up in that house. Jamie's title is administrative assistant, but that doesn't adequately capture everything she does at United. She started in the early 90s, just before Ron. She was born in New Orleans, and as a kid, she would hear commercials for United Cab with phrases like, Don't get excited, call United. We used to have a dispatcher who would try to liven up the drivers who were out there on the radio. He would say, come in all United Crabs. (laughs) And, you know, funny little things, funny little logos to keep us in people's minds. I feel like we've grown with the community. United Cab has had such a presence here that a lot of native New Orleanians of a certain age can probably rattle off the company's phone number from memory. That phone number is the same, but practically everything else about United and the taxi industry has changed. And just like how we refer to COVID times as pre- and post-COVID, Ron and Jamie refer to pre- and post-Uber. From where they sit, Uber is like a virus, especially its ability to spread. So what's it like running a taxicab company in the age of Uber? As you can imagine, it's tough. I sat down with Ron and Jamie at United's office just off of St. Charles Avenue in New Orleans. We had only 13 cabs in the pandemic. 13 during 13 the cabs. Everybody just went home. They say, okay, this company's gone, this, that. But people like Jamie, people work in the office, people work in the radio room, we didn't give up. We hung in here and we made our whatever we could do. From 13, we are back up to 205 now. 205, that's impressive. Yes, sir. We were originally 447 or 445 cabs in fleet. When was that? Um, Before Uber. Before Uber. That may sound like ancient history to some, but Uber has been officially operating in New Orleans only since 2015. That's when it debuted. But Ron says Uber, with its international influence, was already penetrating the market years earlier. When these changes started happening, like, what was your gut feeling? Like, when you saw Uber and this, this ability for people to just dial when, up calls on their phone? Like, when I used to drive, I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know Uber. People come from different cities, they sit in, hey, you guys have Uber? I, I was like, uh, what's that? You know? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Then they start explaining, this is how it works. It's coming soon. I say, okay. Then in the back of you had a... A small city, they may not come here, you know. But when they do, did came, so then it was rough, very rough. I had serviced a couple of private events that we, people had wanted to have cabs service a, a few events at um, Preservation Hall. And of each 10 guests, seven of them were on the phone ordering Uber. 
as I was standing outside in front of Preservation with cabs lined up waiting, yep. they were still choosing Uber. We lost more than about 60% business, I'll be honest with you. Only thing we got left over now is uh, picking up those uh, grocery people, people going to the hospitals. A lot of patients. Clients. Or the, like I said, we got a lot of account, call, account customers with the like, uh, hospitals, law firms, businesses. Going into 2012, we had over 1,000 accounts. Now we're down below, just below 300. So that's like that's a just 70% down, you know. That's just accounts. That's not a regular customer base that calls and doesn't have an account. That base of customers, the one who used to call for a cab, that's been decimated by rideshare apps. For traditional cab companies, calls for service were their lifeblood. Without those calls, survival was in question. Some cab companies in New Orleans haven't survived. First couple of years was really bad, I'll be honest with you. A lot of drivers, old drivers, they couldn't keep up with it. They quit. A lot of drivers quit on us. They started doing something else because nobody was making money. Yeah, it feels like we were regulated out of business while Uber was deregulated into prosperity. Before we had about four different companies in the city, four or five feels like we're the last they all gone they all gone their drivers actually came into us now so now we're becoming out of four companies only one company left i even went in front of the city council i said hey we need a help you heard jamie talk about regulations on taxis in the city of new orleans there's an entire section of the city code dedicated to taxis that includes things like the rates taxis can charge the minimum headroom in the vehicle, and the kind of license for the driver. Jamie says that doesn't apply to Uber or Lyft drivers. Every Each and every cab driver that picks you up owns a chauffeur's life license. It's got to have a certain level of license to even carry you. Uber's not required for that, and they're carrying passengers all day long. The old stereotype of a cab driver may have been some gruff white guy with a cigarette in his mouth and a New York accent, or, if you're in New Orleans, a yat accent. But as time progressed, taxis increasingly became a sort of gateway job for immigrants, like Ron. It was blue-collar work that provided. Before we was very busy, I'll be honest with you. You can come any day, any time of the day or night, you will make money. Because we was so busy, so many calls. Our members, on busy times, we had to, she an operator, we had to unplug the phone. We just couldn't serve nobody. It was just that many, tremendously, thousands, thousands calls, you know. Uber caused a seismic shift in the industry. Ron says it was too much for some drivers. Actually, it's a sad story. Uh, you probably heard that too. In our own company, we had a cab driver. When the Uber in came and all that, you know that. We all got a mortgages, we got a... Got a car payments, everybody, tuition, fees. tuition, kids going to college. The driver shot himself because of he was not making no money. He was in the brink of lose everything. Couldn't make ends meet. Didn't know how to acclimate. I to remember technology. in New York, our friends, six or seven cab drivers, they shot themselves. They had a mortgages, they had a kids, they had a car note, this, that. But I don't see anybody... Uh, Caring about it, hey man, these people, human beings too, they've been serving this city for years. If we're forcing something on, let's make sure we are fair with everybody. I don't see that. 
So that's the difference. That was wrong. You heard Ron answering his cell phone there. He did that several times during the interview because he's taken on the responsibility of handling accounts for the company. They have a very small staff now. And anyone else still working at United Cab has taken on extra work and a pay cut. Since their number of customers has dropped off so much, the company could no longer afford to have operators physically in New Orleans taking calls. Your staff is now cut in half since Uber. Yes, yes, yes. Because uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, in the operating system and everything, we can't even afford, still can't even afford having a local operator here. Yeah, we went from four operators and two dispatchers down to, what, a dispatcher and an operator and yeah. a call Explain center. Explain that to me, though. Like, what is an operator? Sorry, I'm, obviously op- I'm not in the taxi industry. An operator is the tele- the person, the voice of United, the person you hear when you call United. A dispatcher is the one overseeing the cabs and the orders, making sure they're getting serviced and any um, supervisory type things that may come up, police officer or something you know, PD needs assistance, something like that. But so if you don't have a local operator, like who actually takes your call then? We have a call center now. Uh, right now, since we are digital now, so we, you can just answer your calls from anywhere, log and ID, you know, that you're in the same business. So see right now the calls coming in, you can see right now. All these calls coming, the call center is sitting somewhere else. They taking the call, they keep putting the calls in, and digitally going all to the different zones where our cabs at is going to them. More like just like a Uber and a Lyft. At the beginning of the podcast, we heard from several people talking about the ease of rideshare apps. Everything is right there on their phone. United partnered with an app called Curb to offer some of those same features. It also gives the company an ability to track their contracted drivers, which it couldn't do before. Ron showed me a bit of it on his computer. So sitting right here, you can see everything. This is one of the ways we had to acclimate during. That's all the my cabs. Right now, 83 cabs on the street right here it shows. I can see where each one at, who got the calls, where they're going and everything. Each of those colors to pick a different, um, yep. a different course in their ride. Like the greens are eligible for orders. The yellows are already facilitating an order. What, um, what was it like before? I mean, before was just a strictly radio. Operators you, take the calls, they give to the dispatcher. Dispatcher gonna keep paging. Hey, until I need a cab ten North Rampart. I need a four Burgundy, eleven Decatur. Until no, somebody comes in. No real way of knowing where the drivers were at any given time. And they're all self-employed contractors, so we can't, you know, we can only tell you to service the order or ask you to. We can't mandate that they do it. At this point, United has to adapt or die off like other traditional cab services. We've had to do a number of things. uh, Find other sources of clientele. Sometimes it feels like our locals gave up on us. But then again, I guess sometimes it feels like, or to them, that are not getting picked up in a timely fashion because we're operating at less less than half a fleet, it might feel like we gave up on them, but we haven't. Still here, still trying, still fighting. They may be trying and fighting, but the harsh nature of business is sometimes customers can't see that effort or work. They just want to see results. This is from a Yelp review of United Cab. 
It's from Mardi Gras season last year. The user Ryan S. wrote this, quote, Made an appointment for the airport and they never showed up. I almost missed my plane, but Uber came through. Another time, my parents liked to support cabs, so we called for one at the restaurant in the warehouse district to go uptown. The cab didn't show. Luckily, Uber came through. Final time, Uber was surging due to crew de vue downtown. Figured I'd call a cab to get from uptown to Metairie for my kids' much-anticipated Pokemon tournament. Again, cab never showed and ruined the night for the kids. I used United Cab so often growing up that it's one of the only phone numbers that I remember from memory. Now they are a total unreliable letdown. End quote. In the taxi world and most other worlds, the customer is king. And so is the price. On that point, Ron and Jamie say just because Uber and Lyft will tell you the price of the ride up front doesn't necessarily mean that a taxi would be more expensive. And I think that was one of the issues when I spoke with some of the people at the airport about, you know, why it is they preferred to go with ride shares or Ubers or Lyfts. They said, well, I know exactly how much it's going to be. Whereas if I hop on a cab, then yeah, who knows? I, you know, I don't know what the rate's going to be. And then at, at the end of my ride, you know, it's not what I expected it to be. So the predictability and I, I guess the expectations from some of the customers, do you think that's changed? Actually, with this system we're using, Curb Company, they do have their own app. You can download that Curb app, order the cab on your phone, just like Uber, and you can watch who's coming, how far is it, and everything. They'll even give you a flash number that you can put on your phone screen to show that you're, cu- you're waiting for cab, whatever number. Yes, it's basically the same. But you're up against a very large app. I mean, and, and I yes, think and the, visibility, the visibility of the app is the key there, I think, is that if somebody was going to search for a taxi app or a rideshare app, whatever you like to call it nowadays, they're, they're going to, by default, go to either Lyft or Uber first because they're just the most visible. Like right? I said, in the beginning, everybody want to try Uber, Lyft, Uber, Lyft. Now we coming along with it. It's still at the airport, when the guests come, they see the prices. Uber and a Lyft charging about $80 to go to the downtown. And they look on the other side, hey, cab is 36 There Sometimes there's the 200 people waiting in a line, waiting for a cab, because they don't want to pay $80 to the Uber. So this is how we're making our money now. Keep in mind, rates for taxis are set in place. There's no surging aspect like there is with Uber when there's a big demand for rides. But will that alone help a comeback of cabs? Probably not. Like, how long do you think you can hold on? I mean, you say you're surviving now. Like, how long can you survive? I mean, it's you, you can't be in survival mode forever. I think uh, we're doing on our side what we can depend on the customers. We all make money from the customers, consumers. I mean, you guys have been here for 30 plus years. You've been committed to this company. Why do you stay? First of all, we love this company. Whatever we have because of this company, we everybody feeding of us. It's a part of the history of New Orleans. It's part of the community. You know? And uh, the drivers we got right now, too, is the diehard drivers, you know? They want to stick with it. They want to be the United. That's why I got to give up to the drivers. They want to drive for United Cab. They want to stick with it because this company been, came from a long way. We survived Katrina, we survived Uber, Lyft, then we survived a pandemic again. 
So we still here, we pushing it. You're surviving, but are you living? Surviving more likely. Hope to be living, but just surviving. Ron told me he's not doing this for the money, because increasingly there isn't much left for taxis. He stays in this business because of the relationships United has built. He pulled out a small brown paper bag as one example. There was a card from a cancer patient he recently drove to the hospital. This, mail me this as a gift. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Sending us a cab at the same time. I don't know what to do without you, without your company. So they're so happy to just get to the hospital on a time. He's talked to at least three cancer patients on the phone while you're here interviewing us about their cabs. Uber's not in a rush to pick those people up. Be doing it. Be, like I said, be cleaning up the leftovers right now. How long they can survive is hard to say. For Ron, who still drives a taxi, he's hoping he and the company can last until 2038. That's when United Cab would turn 100 years old. I'd love to go all the way, you know. Even if I'm not here, hopefully somebody else will be here. But I'll be here driving a cab. I did all my life. I'm too late to start something else. What am I going to do? I'd rather do the like old saying, do what you love. I never felt like this was a job for me. I love driving, love meeting people, local people, chit-chat with everybody. I, I never treat like this is a job. This is fun. When Ron started the job in 1995, one of the company's bigger clients was the Old Times Picayune. That newspaper has had to recreate itself. And now, it's United's turn. In New Orleans, I'm Tan Trung for WWL Radio.